Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It is good to see you. Um, I want to start out, and I didn't make a slide for that in particular, but I want to just kind of mention that we've been covering uh, over a number of months the nine ministry principles by which we operate under here at MBT. Now, uh, there's not a quiz for it, <laughs> but uh, it is accessible information on our website. This is actually just a copy of what our website has on it. And, uh, and so you can find that on uh, mbt.org, just so you can see the list. It will give uh, information about it. And uh, it'd be good for you to just ponder. The first one is we are a house of prayer. And as we just consider that just very lightly, this is something that we want to do, just like we start class before prayer uh, or after um, we pray. Um, every time the word of God is going to be taught, we're going to pray and ask the Lord's blessing on that situation. We want to bow ourselves to our God and ask for him to look on the matters of our heart, give us his ability as we're teaching God's word. And so you also want to carry that into your own home, though. Perhaps it isn't that uh, you start your day with prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you to consider. Make your house a house of prayer. And you know, this whole series has been about you personalizing these things that are true of how MBT is going to operate, but I would dare say that they would be a great benefit to you as well. The next is we're always making disciples, and we've talked about that in different ways. And man, the, uh, the discipleship uh, uh, Sunday that we had was fantastic, just as a reminder of our need to be a part of that at some level. Either you're getting discipled or you're a part of it by being an apprentice or you're a part of it by actually investing the word of God into the lives of other individuals. We have a final authority, and uh, that is the thing that can govern a lot of decisions that we make, that ultimately, what does the Word of God say? You know, you should remember, I think I said at the time, that uh, you don't want to question God's Word, but you want to bring all of your questions to it. And so that's how you treat uh, God's Word when it is the final authority. Our members are accountable to the Word of God. And so in that way, remember, we talked about what accountability looks like. And, and, the, and the, the Bible paints this uh, really important uh, narrative about Saul, King Saul. And just remember, we looked at how he started. God was with him. Um, despite, yes, the warnings that he had given, it was up to Saul to make the choice to be a man of God, to be a man of the book. And essentially, um, he lost his kingship as a result of not obeying God's word. And so there are consequences when, you know, the word of God is not our, our final authority. Our members engage in ministry service. We want to be a church that also gives opportunity. We want to train up. And you see now, uh, as a church, we're growing. It has been that you may see things come up new, like now we're going to train for if you're going to lead a group. Why? Because that's important. That should go a particular way. And praise the Lord that our church constantly examines itself in such a way that we want to do ministry better. We want the ministry to not be blamed, right? And so there's opportunity for you to engage. There's opportunity for you to develop. 
You want to be a part of that. Our leaders are servant leaders, whether we're talking about disciple makers, uh, Bible study leaders, pastors, fellowship leaders, at any level, uh, that absolutely should be said of that man or woman, depending on you know those ministry opportunities, that they serve the body of Christ. You want to have a heart that is like that. Christ did that. He showed that himself. We protect unity. Everything uh, tries to tear away at unity, whether that's a dis disagreement of backgrounds, financial status, uh, what class or system you hold in, in, in life or reality. I mean, there's all of these things that are just picking away at that. And so you have to decide up front that you want to be in right fellowship with your brothers. And the main thing is, is that you understand you can't have right fellowship with family if you don't have it with God first. And so we covered that. But then today, this is essentially the umbrella that would kind of be over all of these. And my purpose today really is I just want us to examine what does it mean to operate in light of spiritual reality? Our age group is dealing with a lot of challenges and pressures and responsibilities because we have children, we have spouses, and then there's that really fun spot where you get old enough that your parents become like children and now you have to take care of them and you have children, <laughs> you know, to take care of. And so there's just always something, let alone a career, let alone where you live. Uh, all of these things kind of pick at that. And essentially what can happen is the Lord just starts to fade back in the background of our lives. That's not God's heart for us. And so we need to examine what that means. Uh, I, there are two quotes. I don't know who wrote this. I would have, of our pastoral team, uh, one of them did. But there are two quotes in relationship to we operate in light of spirituality. One is, in the busyness of life and ministry, we cannot allow ourselves to forget what is true. In the busyness of life and ministry, we cannot allow ourselves to forget what is true. I think oftentimes we do. We feel like we are in trouble by the circumstance, and so now that circumstance has uh, preeminence, and I'm just going to be at the mercy of it. Man, if I have the Lord on my side, I'm not at the mercy of anything but him. That's it. We must always be moving forward in ministry in light of what the word of God reveals as the practical spiritual rea realities around us. The thing is, is you got to be moving forward. You know, something that I like to challenge you guys with is if you are still concerned or struggling with things that you were a year ago, man, we, that's the problem. We should be moving forward, moving off of these issues that maybe plagued our mind. Why? Because if I put my trust in the Lord, essentially now that he's going to redirect me and move me forward. And so, I want to look at the who, the what, the when, where, and the why as it relates to this. What we will see is the who is obviously spiritual people. That's who we are. 
And really, there is just something in more detail even about that that we'll, dis we'll discuss as we go through this. The what obviously is spiritual reality. When did this happen? Okay, well, we're gonna see that salvation is a critical component to this. The where is both here and in heaven. Okay, and so you have to understand that we operate in light of something that is not only going to just make a difference here, but also in eternity. And then the why is because it is a present state of mind. The thing that in order for us to really examine it and for us to really get what it is and how we're going to live and our lives actually start changing will come from the fact that we understand that this should be a present state of mind. Okay? We operate. Uh, we did. We operate. That's right now. Okay? So, first thing we need to look at here is you are either spiritually dead or spiritually alive. You are either spiritually dead or spiritually alive. Romans 7, 9 through 13 says, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me, by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. And so, listen, the explanation here is Paul is speaking about being mortally alive but spiritually dead as a result of that recognition of what it is that the Word of God was showing him. And it's like you, there's a point, whether it was at church, maybe it was, you know, a grandmother or a father or a mother or some family member or a friend that said something from the Word and it just clicked in your heart. You knew that you did not measure up to that. There is that point that comes. In Romans 11.32, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me go back. <laughs> the how is, when he understood that everything about his actions, his thinking, his desire was contrary to God, in verse 11, he realized he was spiritually dead. Why? Because the law is holy. What this does for us is under, make us understand something. We can't, the Lord doesn't just reveal that information and go, okay, well, figure it out. Man, praise the Lord. That's not how he is. We see then that something must take place, and that must is salvation. A person has to come to the understanding that God is holy and that they are not. You have to come to that, that point. You cannot come to the Lord saying, like, I'm kind of part in and out. I'm kind of good, and I'm going to just get you like a, like a bonus. No. You have to understand that there is a big problem, a, a huge divide between us. Romans 11.32 says, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief. Why? That he might have mercy upon all. See, listen, it's just like I said, I got ahead of myself, but now let me go back. <laughs> God wants to bring you to that place of recognition that he also does not intend for you to stay there. Now listen, let's just take that into mind. If the Lord is revealing who you are and he says, look at my word and all of his holiness, 
And you come to that realization like, you know what, Lord, I don't measure up to that. And the Lord says, I'm glad you said that. Now let me, let me teach you who my son is. Now let's just carry that thought through the rest of our lives. Does the Lord ever find satisfaction in you just being in the same spot? If he didn't do it for salvation, why do you think that he wants you to have a life built around struggle? Do you understand? See, the thing is that there should be some victory in your life. Why? Because now you have met the Lord. He never wanted you to stay there. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord likes the revelation to take place, but then at the same time, he's saying, okay, listen, I can take that contract and rip it up with my son. A gift has been given to all mankind, and that gift is Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, it says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. In order for us to be saved, we must confess our sin and confess that Jesus is Lord. That has to take place. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, what happens? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then in Romans 10.9 and 10 it says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And y'all know how I feel about shall. It's got to happen. That's a guarantee. I guarantee. <laughs> Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen to me, listen to me. This is the beginning of living in light of spiritual reality. Before you were just at the mercy of the devil's whims and your flesh and the world's influence and you had no idea what you were doing. The minute that the word of God showed up in your life and you realized that I don't, I'm not that. But I want that. And you ask for forgiveness and you ask for him to be Lord of your life. That's the minute that you woke up to spiritual reality. So why now, Christian, does that change and I have no victory from a point where I literally felt weight off my shoulder at the day of salvation? Now I have the weight and worry of the world on my shoulder. How can this be? The one that saved me is now gonna also let me carry around worry and doubt and be swayed by the devil's uh, intentions, my flesh intentions, the world's intentions? No. See, you gotta get this. You have to get this. Or else, what happens is, is you just, man, you have salvation, but you don't have the joy of your salvation. 
See, when you operate in light of spiritual reality, then you have the joy of salvation. And that's what we need to address for today. When you recognize that God is real and that you are a sinner, dead in your sins, needing a savior to make you alive again by his resurrection, that is waking up to a spiritual reality. Romans 6, 5 through 11 says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall, you know, that shall again, also live with him. Gotta happen. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died in a sin once. I love that too. Especially in light of the complexity of sacrifice in the Old Testament. Thank you. <laughs> Lord, one time. Done. He died in the sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, boy, I wish somebody would likewise with me in here. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, I need to, I need to likewise. Because sometimes you don't feel likewise, Right? So prior to your salvation, you were spiritually dead. But now through Jesus, you are alive. This is a present state of mind by which we should strive to operate from. Dead to sin, alive unto God. Right? So now what? And this is where the work comes in. You guys thought you were going to sit there all pretty. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so listen, we got work to do because here's the deal. You got to understand that there are benefits that came as a result of your salvation. And so what we have here is some benefits, some. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a list to start. Why? Because you need kind of like when a dog's focus is on something else other than walking, pacing with you, you got to grab that chain like, hey, look at me. And they look at you and they're ready to walk on the path that they're supposed to be on with you, not focusing on the chasing squirrels. And so this is me tugging your collar. Okay. This is me tugging your collar. You got to look at the benefits. So I want y'all to get into groups. We got a lot of work right here. And I want you to tell me what, it, what we have God's what when you look at these verses. Okay. So now you guys make haste here. Let's move around. Get in your groups, three or four. You may need some help. Find somebody that's got, you know, blue letter. Hey, look, hey, do me a favor. Listen, hey, listen for a second, listen. When you, before, when you get to your group, take a picture. There are two slides. Like I said, we got a lot of work here. So take a picture and then we'll go to the next slide. Who's ready for us to go over it? You got all your spaces. 
As we prepare for this uh, big reveal. <laughs> okay. It's 1014. Let's go. Let's go a minute early. All right. So listen, just one representative of your team. Okay. To mention what you got. Okay. What's the first? And now let me just say this. You may have discovered more. That is the point. In order to understand, when you're looking at scripture, you want to be looking for these benefits. What did I get as a result of salvation? It's more than just salvation. There's all these things for daily living that the Lord has given me in order for me to have the life that he wants me to have. And so I am very curious of what else that you may have picked. Now, let me tell you what I had. And then we'll, we'll check the other groups. We have his son, we have his word, we have his spirit, we have his people, we have his work, we have his home, we have his victory, and we have his enemy. And the thing that's important to understand about we have his enemy is because, and Chris Best said this one time, and I can't remember the exact words of it, but he was like, it would be unwise for us to ignore the fact that you have an enemy. So the thing that happens is, is when the, cha the challenges sometimes are designed because there is somebody out there that hates you and wants you to quit, wants you to give up, wants you to take your ball and go home, wants you to stop being a part of the body. And so you don't want to lose sight of that. And I love the fact that with the detail of in that, it's like I have God's shield, though. I have ways around that, right? I have his enemy, yes, but I've also... I've overcome. And so, listen, I'm going to give you guys homework. This is the homework. How does the benefits help my present situation? And what I want you to do is post them on our Facebook page. All week. So guess what you got to do is read the word. All week. Oh, my God. Not just Sunday. That don't have it? Email. Email. And make sure you put your name by it so that way we know. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the, all the one words? Yes. Let me go back. Let me go back. All the one words. All the one words. We have God's Son. We have God's Word. We have God's Spirit. We have God's people. Okay, we have God's people. That was uh, number four, right? Five, we have God's work. We have God's home. We have God's reward. I went, you know what I should have done? Some kind of slick thing with the... Yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> Getting there. Um... Let's see, what did I say? Reward? The le next one, we have God's victory. <laughs> but with that, we also, we have God's enemy. So listen, well, on our Facebook page, what we want to do is you pick one of the ones that perhaps needed to give you encouragement this week. 
Um, there's something that you're going through and, and you need to be reminded. You're thankful, man, I have God's people because of this situation. See, the thing that we need to do is we got to apply God's word. We can't just keep coming to a place that's going to take the time to open God's word and then we don't apply it. So if you don't know how to apply it, these are the steps that we want to do. I want you to be able to look at scripture and not misapply it, but understand, okay, where the Lord is trying to help me. Right. And it's not just like this nebulous thing, like the Lord is given instruction by his word. And I should I should know what he has provided for me. Right. If I do that, it's going to have a, a great impact on my life and it will help my perspective. And so for the adults in the room, which is all of us, <laughs> uh, that's what we want to do. We need a change of perspective in order for us to operate in light of spiritual reality. We have to live out that very truth. Right. And so now you have you're loaded with things to, as reminders despite the situation that you're in, that you can look at and say, but I have this. Because the enemy is going to try to tell you the opposite. You don't have it. That's what he likes to do, right? Yeah, if God said, the Lord's holding out on you. Cheat the system. Right? So this is, uh, I'm, I can't wait to see what we get via text, email, and Facebook of which I am also not on, you guys know that. <laughs> but I will be checking it. Uh, Serena's gonna administrate that for me so I can see it, okay? So, man, I, man, this is fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, about this. Uh, can I close in, in prayer? Um, and uh, I think uh, we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, thank you so much just for, uh, for all the things that you have given us. Lord, this doesn't even scratch the surface of all the things that you provide for us. But Father, we do need to be reminded um, of these things. And, uh, and so Father, I just pray, would you just be with us this week as we ponder and consider uh, these verses and, and what it is that you have given us? And then how can we apply that in our situation? Lord, we need your help. We need wisdom. Uh, it's good for us to know what we have, but Lord, it's even better for us to use what we have. And so, Lord, help us to use these beautiful things um, that you have given us, Lord, that our lives uh, might start to come into a better focus, a focus on your kingdom and building it. Lord, be with us today um, and uh, be with us as we hear uh, the preaching for the next uh, service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay.